Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you are. You're listening to the All Talk Car Podcast. We had a week off last week, Easter, yeah, so we're back. Those who panicked and couldn't find us online, Guten Morgen. We had the morning off. We've got special guests today. We've got Con Bitsakakis, and we've got Andrew Patterson. They're engineers, so uh, we're going to ask They're smarter them. than us. They're smarter than <laughs> us, and they draw with rulers. But we're going <laughs> to ask them, what's it take to build a road, build a bridge, like... We all get in our cars, we all go for a drive. Ross would really like to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know if he's buying a bargain or not. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, but and you can hear Ross and Howler with us. And we also got <coughs> Daniel, our luggage boys, with us today. Yeah. So, good day, Dan. Good morning. Um, so, guys, what's involved? Do we just turn up and turn into tar? Do you just lay it? Look, it's an interesting process. Um, I worked on, uh, on a job in New Zealand where we had to build a... Better put a bid in for a 30 kilometre freeway. And uh, the government had just purchased the boundary land uh, between point A and point B, and they said go go hell for leather, and you had to put a proposal in on, uh, on the 30 kilometres. And uh, one of the interesting things that we had to lock down from a paperwork perspective first up was exactly where the alignment of the road was going to go. So they set the speed limit of 100 kilometres an hour, so you had to design your curves and stuff for that. Okay. And then, uh, and then you had to, we used all these computer programs because the biggest thing that we had to do was balance all the earthworks. So SimCity? Which, which one? Minecraft? <laughs> Minecraft? <laughs> We've got a whole heap of people that do all that for us. I just look at the numbers. But um, it was, if you were moving 4 million cubic metres of dirt versus 8 million cubic metres of dirt, there was an extra two years on a program and a, and a significant amount of money that went on to, uh, to the alignment. So you had to you had to basically balance your verticality and your curves to make sure that when you cut your mountain... He does sound smarter than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> when you cut your mountain, all that dirt had to go in to fill the valley and then, uh, and then you build up your, your pavement from it. And some of those um, mountains that we, were coming out, that we were cutting out in New Zealand were about 60 metres deep. Wow. Um, and some of those embankments were uh, probably about 60 or 70 metres high. So if you think about the road surface at the top, which is only 50 metres wide, when you've got an embankment at the bottom, it could be half a kilometre wide just to start just building this thing up. Just to hold that road. Just to build this thing up, you know, and then you've got to put um, stabilising <laughs> on it, so your grass and your uh, trees, so that it doesn't erode and grain. And so it becomes a real big, um, a real big uh, sort of technical thing, because you've got to build it up in five metre sections, then you've got to grass it and uh, landscape, and then you've got to build it back up again. And then over the couple of years, all of that, I mean, if you think about a 60 metre embankment, all of that's going to consolidate. So you've got to take all of that into account. All of the foundations had to, had to sink. So that they were moving something like half a metre. You've got to get drainage to it because you've pretty much created a mountain in the middle of a valley. So the water's still coming down the valley. So you've got to get that through that, through that embankment, through the other side. So you're funneling everything through. Um, so all of that has to be considered. Then what we had to do was um, where you started to cut through your mountain, depending on how flat or how steep you, you cut through, was because uh, you've got all the falling rocks. Yeah. So as, as rocks come, someone has to come through and maintain that for 20 years. So the flatter you go, obviously the less rocks you got falling, the steeper you go, the more you had to maintain. So um, it, was a, it was a really interesting thing. And then uh, in between... Uh, building your, your embankments, you've got to decide what type of bridge you've got to put in. So depending on how big or how what span it is, you decide on what type of bridges you've got. And each bridge takes um, takes it costs a bit more. So if you've got um, 
Uh, if you've got like a 35 metre span, you usually use a precast beam that comes through with your piers. Anything bigger than that, and you've got to go through like an incrementally launched bridge. So you got, you know, you you precast at one end, you start pouring, and you launch it out from one end to the next. Like the M7. Like the M7. Yeah, that's right. So basically, <coughs> you've got to map out the road. So you map out the road first. And and do you try and avoid a mountain and a hill, or do you sort of snake it through the cheapest way to build it, or the easiest way, or do you say, oh well, there's, there's a mountain here, fuck it, we're just gonna have to dig through. We'll go through it. Well, no, what you've got to do is, you, well, you've got to make sure that your earthworks balance is on your site, because you, you don't want to be having excess material, but then you have to pay to just get it or tip it, because then how do you, you you've got to pay to get rid of something. You can't just dump it in the river down the road. You can't just dump it in the river down the road. I was just checking. And if you don't have enough material, you've got to buy material to come in. Right? So you want to just, you want to make sure that the balance of the material is right. And so as you come down the mountain, it obviously starts to become harder and harder. So the top stuff is your topsoil. So you've got to trim that off, park it to the side and put it back on later. And then you've got soft material that comes in. You've got to decide where you're going to use that. That might, you might need to mix that with uh, some of the rock that comes in. And then you create a little quarry. So, you know, you blast some of that material where the rock starts to become a bit too too tough. You core drill and you, and you blast it and you get it into like sort of 200 mil sort of boulders and then you throw that through into, um, uh, and you process it. Sounds like a lot of work. It is. The old road. <laughs> the guy's just built a, a, a bridge and a road in the time it's taken. Liverpool Council to fill a pothole. <laughs> we'll talk about potholes in a <laughs> So, so I'll those on my screen. <laughs> Can I ask a question about the speed limit? How do they set the speed limit? Well, they go, this is going to be 100 road, build it. Go, oh, shit, I wish they'd made it 80, it would have been half the price. Or does it not? Oh, no, the, the speed limit's more, more around the safety. So your curvature, your, your curves, and. Um, uh, pretty much set the speed. Yeah. Road surface, what type of road? So, because, yeah, and your visibility. So, as you're coming around the curve, you need to have visibility at 100k an hour versus 60. To stop in time. Yeah, so you can stop in time. Are you saying they set the speed limit before you design the yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, that's yeah, so, what happens if you can't make the design work to the speed limit that they want? Do they go back and reconsider, or you just have to make it work? You just make it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just make it work. But then after you've sort of landed all of that alignment and you've got, you know, you have to move 8 million cubic metres of dirt, it then starts to become, well, how do I move that, right? So there's different Is types of plant. How do you move dirt? Alignment. How do I move it? So I need an excavator that's got to come in, it's got to load it into a truck. And, and then you start to get a bit technical because when you're starting to look at, you know, um, 8 million cubic metres of volume, yeah. an excavator that's going to take 30 seconds more over five years is a long time. So you've got to account for fuel, you've got to account for time, um, and that's where Andrew sort of comes in with his... Uh, so, do you, so do you work with budgets? I mean, obviously... We work, the, yeah, we, work with rates. we have rates on everything. So a rate per cubic metre, you need to meet that rate, so that comes back to what Tom said. Is that dictated by the person who's paying you, or by your own company to keep the profit it's margin? It's by the own company, with what they... So when I put a design in, and I sat there and I put a bid into the government, that's based on a rate per square, a rate per cubic metre to move the dirt and a rate per square metre to do the bridge. So, um, and, and that that is just governed by the market at the time. So we go out to market, we get uh, rates for plant, we get rates for, for excavators, and then uh, we do all the analysis on the technical stuff about the earth um, and how much it's gonna bulk. So 
if you think about like a cubic meter of dirt in its in its raw form, it's it's one cubic meter. As soon as you touch it, it bulks up. Yeah. So it bulks up to 1.2, 1.5, 1.8, depending on depending on the material. So your volume then, when you're when you're loading an excavator, that's got a capacity in a bucket. So you're actually moving twice the amount of the physical dirt that you're actually taking out of the ground. So and then depending on how far you want to you've got to move it. So this is where fuel starts to come, starts to play. So depending on how far you've got to move it on your alignment, if it's within, I don't know, uh, what is it, one one k, you usually use just a little dump truck. If it's any more than that, you start to you, you start to go back up to scrape it. Yeah. And if you have scrape to take it out on the road, then you're limited by load limits on trucks. Load limits on the roads are there, and now you're limited by trainer responsibility. So every truck you send out on the road has to meet certain criteria for safety regs. And so, it's yeah, basically, so, so it's basically the prep. The prep is the hard part. Yeah. Is that why when you look at a road being built, you think, come on, man, we'd lay the tar, but it's all, it's all the prep work. It is all the prep work. There's some, there's some areas where um, you've got some soft soils and you've got, to, you've got to push all your dirt. Sometimes, you, I don't know whether you've seen it, but up in Kempsey and stuff, um, up on the highway, they've, uh, they've got all these soft soils that have to consolidate. And uh, the only way you can do that is by loading it up and just leaving it under time to, to, settle, to settle. And then you build back up again. So one of the strategies that we had up there was just the first which, bit which of earthworks. Was that? that was that? that it was Kempsey Bypass. So any, any, any of those works yeah. up there have got really, really soft soft soils. So, one of the first bits of um, excavation that we did, we just bulk filled all the soft, soft soils and then we just allowed them to settle for two years and you could put all these monitoring wells and stuff on it and you just watch it consolidate um, and then you go back um, two years later and you start building back over the top of it and then you do your tarmac. There's a part up there, it's like a long bridge yeah. over a flat. I mean, is it cheaper sometimes to build a bridge? It is, yeah. Then. It is, and sometimes when you don't have the when you don't have the um, the earthworks, where, where is it going to come from? Yeah. Yeah. And if you bring it in from a long way away, it's yeah. take it for granted, right? You, you know, you, you go, well, why can't they put a bridge here? Just build, make it straight, or go. These guys have got a compact sand, yeah. soil for two, you know, for the ground for two years. Then why? I mean, in, in, in Europe and in, in overseas, you see a lot of a lot more tunnels, especially yeah. big mountains and stuff. Instead of sending roads and bridges and building stuff up, they just go straight through. And we know you can build tunnels because we build them here all the time. It um, takes a long time to build. We've only just well, got the technology now, the, the contractors. Yeah, do you think we'll see more using? of that to connect, you know, different areas, especially, like Sydney's, Sydney, the topography in Sydney has always been an issue, unlike say Melbourne, where yeah. Melbourne's, yeah, flat as a tack. Um, so do you think as, you know, and then as we move on now, um, especially in the urban areas, they'll see more tunnelling or, um, or even out, outskirts of city where you might need to get from A to B. Um, do they keep building stuff up and acquiring land or do they just start digging holes and going through mountains? Yeah, look, I mean, tunnelling is, um, is quite a specialist field and you've got to have the right uh, material in order to tunnel through. Now, when a mountain starts to become so big, where you, you can't physically excavate and then fill your uh, your valleys, you then start to, to, to consider tunnels. But then there's different types of profiles that you have for, for your tunneling that works best. So where you've got your uh, tunnel boring machine, which is the round one that you see typically yeah. on all the on all the um, railway lines, you know, railway lines or the and West stuff. Connects website. 
So that keep going. That profile is round. That works really, really well when you're doing a uh, a rail um, uh, a rail tunnel because you've got to start to fill up the bottom of it, and then you put your your because your your train profile is so narrow. When you start to build a road, if you think about having four lanes across and you have to build your road up from the bottom, you've taken half of that, um, the half of the tunnel is, is starting to become this fill. So then you're, you're not only boring through, so usually you use different types of um, boring techniques to, to get, so the road headers were used at the Eastern Distributor, so they've got tunnels coming in on top of each other. You don't see it when you're in there and you're driving it, but you're actually, you've got- um, It's like a double story. It's a double story tunnel. And that was all done through road headers. So that's just a machine and it's got like a little ball on it. And uh, the excavator just comes through and just profiles it out. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, and does the, when you tunnel, does the materials that you're tunneling through are important? Like have we got mountains made out of rock or, or we've got more Sydney's soil? Mostly a sandstone place. Is, is that, that good? To go through or is it good or it's bad? ideal material. It's ideal material and for tunneling. So everyone's complaining at the moment about all the work going on over Sydney. That's because of all the tunnels. We've got this premium material coming straight out of tunnels. And we can use that. And it's not affecting what's above it. Like, I mean, you, you know, there's all this West Connects to it, right? Yeah. Haverfield and all that. And everyone's complaining. <coughs> to me, I think it's going to be great because it's going to be a really great network of roads sort of going everywhere. But, and everything, but everyone's saying, oh, my houses are cracking because of the tunnels and whatever. Is that all bullshit or is it really just. Look, years ago we struggled because we didn't have the, <coughs> the crews to do it. But in the last, what, sort of seven, eight years, we've really got these multinational tunneling companies on board that they'll keep on tunnels now. Yeah. Look, there is a little bit of vibration that does come through, you know, through these things, but they're carefully considered, right? So, structural damage to, to property um, occurs uh, beyond a certain level. Yeah. And so, you know, if you go deep enough, yeah, you can probably feel it, right? Because as humans, we're a bit more sensitive to vibrations and noise than a house is. Than a, than a house is. Yeah. So we could tend to sit down and go, something's going on here, but it's not it's not as critical as, yeah. you know, it's going to cause some cracks or something to, to my property. Yeah. Um, but Sydney, if you think about, if you think about like West Connects, when someone decides that they're going to do West Connects and they're going to bore through the, the, the tunnels, all of that material has to go somewhere. Yeah. So then the government has to start to think about where else do I start to create more work and it doesn't necessarily have to be with the same company so I can try and shift all of this material that's coming out. So we're doing some work down at Albion Park at the moment and we're taking the tunnel spoil from uh, Westnex to build down there because it's so flat land so we're building up our road embankment and we're taking that material to go and build it. Because it's so the government essentially is selling their own... Well, this is moving, so it doesn't go to landfill, right? Otherwise, so otherwise, what are you going to do? You with need to landfill? get con yeah. to take a detour through your road. <laughs> 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 I'm going to put a tunnel and a bridge. Out. It's going to be three lanes. <laughs> For those of you just not, not catching on, we found out that, or Ross found out, he owns a road. <laughs> yeah, apparently, on paper, I own a road. I've got a, I've got a 
a four and a half million dollar land tax bill and a fifteen million dollar Osgrid bill, and I was like, oh, this is very strange. Anyway, I called them up. It's obviously an error, but technically, you I sure? <laughs> you have title deeds. There's no error. <laughs> Someone, the guy, the guy said, oh, after twenty two years, I've never ever seen this. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> you've seen we, it now. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. What would you like to pay for it? <laughs> yeah. We can put some toll booths up. Yeah, toll, we'll start with toll booths. I was going to sit there and collect the two dollars. Drafty, yeah. engineer, <laughs> bridge road builder, yeah. solicitor, real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's more about us. Oh, yeah. Told you they use rulers. I told you they use rulers. So <laughs> protractors. Protractors. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to go completely off topic. We're talking the other day about school pencil cases with the kids because they're going back to school. And I go, have you got your protractor kit? That my, my son like, what the hell is that? We used to get the metal. That, that, yeah, the compass. We used, they, they, they used to have the protractor. What else was in there? The compass and the double and the the scrot. Like, and you used to put the pencil in. Yeah, yeah. spin around. The shit pencil was always there. You used to put yeah, yeah. the new pencil. The paces wouldn't work. In so it. I went. Oh, I'm going to go to paces ten. I'm going to go to the. News agency, and I'm gonna buy one. Poor little Chinese man had no idea what I was doing about. So no geometry uh, set at a news Geometry agent. set, that's what it was called. There's, I was calling it a tractor agent. kit. He was like, what? Did you look for a project kit as well? <laughs> yeah. They got the internet now, you know. Yeah. It's great. Huh? They've been 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 They've um, and yeah, look, they, they, they've, they've got tight deadlines because obviously the community is really keen to get a lot of this stuff um, up and running as quickly as possible. And uh, and then obviously it's it's I don't want this in my backyard. So you've got a lot of the community that turns around and doesn't want it. Um, some people are <laughs> always for case, it, it, some people aren't. And uh, so during that construction phase, you've just got to constantly consult and make sure that you. You're keeping everybody informed, and, and then once it's all open and stuff, everyone's really ecstatic about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's really difficult because um, in our job we build a lot of benefits to the community. So West Connect, some people are going to hate it, but it's going to be such a great job when it's all finished, right? And all the new rail stuff that the government's doing. I mean. You see that they've acquired all these blocks at the moment everywhere to put all these new rail lines in. Um, they're, they're using them to put a train station on and then they're, they're, uh, and then they're developing um, on top of it. So they're putting a 20-storey building over the top. So if you think about where the city's going to go in the next 10 years, it's going to be really like interesting just to to be living on top of a train station. So you, you know, it's almost like the stuff that we see in Europe or international cities. It's really great. They've yeah, done that in Hong Kong, they've that got the stuff. high speed yeah. train station, then they've got the shopping centre, then they've got yeah. the apartment blocks, and then they've got the restaurants and hotels on top. This complex is like yeah. something. The, something the, the, the thing always in Sydney's been that getting people from A to B, in A to B, if it gets C, you know, has been hard because the rail network never hooked up. Like you, you could change two trains to get to your yeah, job. And, it was, and, that, and that's why people kept driving. And then it was also the issue where a lot of the, say, the corporate and government jobs were focused in, you know, North Sydney, Parramatta, and Sydney CBD. And you couldn't always get people to their jobs either but with I, public transport. But I never caught a train. I grew up in Maroubra, and people go, like, what's a train? Like, what's a train? Buses there. Yeah. Well, we, we call buses. Mm. If I caught a train, it was like, we're we going on holidays. The trains were not. And then, I, you know, when I moved to Stratford, the train was pretty normal. 
But the thing was, if you were in Sydney's eastern suburbs or southeastern suburbs, yeah. generally all those people, we'll come to the city. As, as a you know course of life, they all ended up working in that corridor, yeah. Or, yeah. or they were travelling against traffic and going That's to right. you know um, elsewhere. But everyone else from uh, west of Paramount, like Sydney CBD, was you know had to get to work. Driving one so, and they had to drive because. The trains didn't go direct to a train station near where they worked, or it wasn't practical or convenient. Yeah. Or you got people driving to a train station because there's no public transport to get to the train in the morning. So that that idea is trying to. You know, it'll probably take another fifty years, a generational change for the next generation to embrace living, working, getting to transport, being there, as opposed to. You know, well, you know, I'm going to live in southwest Sydney, but I'm going to go get myself a job in North Sydney. We found that exact problem with the B line. Some locals got a bus service from the northern beaches to the city, a rapid bus service. A lot of the the long-term residents up there, the older generation, were like, we got car parks, park and ride. Like, yeah. why would I drive my car here and park and then get on a bus to go to the city? I'll just drive to the city. It's like, well, you don't have to pay the toll. There you go. Down and park in the city for the price of the yeah. parking, and then yeah. as soon as it opened, bang, it was the best thing ever. It was convenient. And, and just getting people around was always, yeah, has always been an issue. Yeah. I mean, Takes cars off the road. Yeah, you know, the traffic at the moment, even Saturday, you talk about cars off the road, Saturday traffic is just is it, is it just because everyone Monday to Friday is catching public transport and they go, hey, I've got a car at home, I'm going to get in it, I'm going to draw it. It's Monday to Saturday. Sports runs, shopping runs. It's insane. You know, we're in cities, everyone's going to open houses. On your low street. There's a tipping point, isn't there, between when I should take my car, when is it going to be more economical and quicker to go with public transport? And there's some cities in the world, like Hong Kong, where no one drives, or the price of a car is so expensive, yeah. so you just, you're forced to, to catch yeah. the public transport system. It's all about But the cost. public transport system works. You can get on a train and take you phenomenal. wherever you need to be. We're not at that tipping point at the moment, because people prefer to use their cars that we're trying to build. And, and Clive Palmer hasn't built the high-speed rails thing yet, has he? <laughs> no, we've we'll got the Japanese rail company still working. <laughs> and Sydney's population has grown so significantly um, in, the, yeah. in the past, yeah. you know, sort of 10 to 15 years, that uh, you know, you, you, they've had to open up land um, to get built out west, and the infrastructure just hasn't caught up yet, right? Whereas I feel Melbourne's a bit, a bit more strategic. They basically just say we're going to build a freeway out to this area, and then we're going to we're we're get people yeah, to our greenfield uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's essentially what they do with the airport, right? Yeah, and yeah. it works. <clears throat> and it works. So if the government came up to you with a blank check and said, guys. How do you fix Sydney? Would you spend it on rail infrastructure, public transport, Rail's more or road? Rail's more economical. I like do what rail. you said because tunnelling yeah. is is much more efficient. So it's cheaper to build. But, but it's easier need, to maintain a rail line. You than need people a road. to be. Is it, the other thing is you, you can so build the rail. Two tracks, right? Yeah, single couple of tracks sets instead of thousands of cars. Like. The thing is, people still. The, the the whole issue then is that you still if people are working in, you know. 20, 30 k's from home, so they're still going to drive because they're going to have to pick up, drop off kids at childcare, then get to work. So even if they're going to catch a train, they're going to drive to the, they got to drive to the station because they're going to drop a kid off at daycare or school, catch the train or somewhere else, and then they've got to come home and then they're going to want to pick up their groceries on the way home. So, but 
I think gradually that's changing because if you look at the Southwest Corridor, and there's three new Woolworths, big ones. They're, they're, they've got their ad site, their own sites now, within the space of five k's. Now, when 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 I was in school thirty years ago, right? Yeah, mate, mate, there was one Woolworths within ten k's. Yeah. You go on Saturdays, like you said about Saturday traffic, yeah. Saturday mornings, right, when I drive along, I drive past three Woolies, they're all full. Yeah. And these are all within, like... Yeah. So we should stop building roads and start buying Woolworths stores. No, what the guys were saying about rail is economical and they're building infrastructure, but the thing is, is that you need to put relocate jobs there as well. So you've got, like for Sydney, you've got Parramatta, which is a second CBD, and they're building more commercial towers. Yeah, they are. But the people, those residentials, they're not suited to mum and dad and two kids in a two bedroom unit in a high rise. You know, we're not that uh, inclined in Sydney because they're used to having at least, you know, some semblance of a backyard. You know, so and then you've got Southwest Sydney, same thing. So you've still got to get all those people to work, and a lot of these people are working in either, you know, the, even if it's the private sector, they're in large organisations. So it makes it the challenge again for you guys is you got to build this road in Southwest Sydney yeah. or rail, but the people are still going to have to get from all the way down there back to a job. But that's 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 where the interesting bit comes, right? Where I think um, we're, we're expecting someone to live in Penrith and work in the city. That's what, yep. what, what they're trying to do at the moment is to say, the Sydney CBD is only just going to be one of Sydney's CBDs. Yeah. Parramatta is going to be another one, right? And then there's going to be another one around that sort of Badgerys Creek out that way, right? And so people that are living out there, by creating these hubs, these zones, People won't need to travel so far. So as long as you've got a public transport system that, that connects someone within their area to work in Badgeries Creek to then develop the commercial properties, the freight that needs to get there, um, and you have a sustainable community there, then someone from there doesn't have to travel to Sydney CBD to go and work. And, and so you don't need a public transport system that connects it because they'll, they'll have all their clubs, they'll have all their dining, they'll have everything within their area. Um, and then they will be able to use their cars and stuff. But one of the things that comes to mind now while we're talking, I mean, it's not only about road and rail and public transport, but one of the things that uh, we're working on at the moment, and we've been working on for a few years, is um, trying to get freight um, off the road. So you see, you go onto the M5 and there's just all these freight, tru um, freight trucks that just block up all of the lanes. Um, and so if you, if you think about just freeing that up, um, so what? What, um, what they've done is, you know, the passenger, the, the freight terminal down at Port Botany, that brings in a, a crap load of containers that come from overseas and they have to be distributed. So the freight line that goes from there all the way through to Moorbank is uh, one of the ones that we've been working on for the last, um, I've done the, the Kingsgrove to Eastry quadruplication, there's another um, duplication of the rail which goes from there all the way into Port Botany. And Andrew's at the moment working in a, on a container terminal out at Mormay. So basically what they want to do is get all that by freight... By rail? Sorry, it's By rail. By rail. Yeah, by rail. Get trucks off the road. So you get all those containers on, onto trains, onto freight trains. 
through into Moorbank, and then all your all your trucks and stuff just pick up from at that container terminal and then distribute it out. I've right. read there was a problem where the, the freight trains were using the suburban lines yeah, and causing damage. Yeah, we so trying to, that yeah. And not only damage but congestion as well, right? So that freight terminal down in um, down in Port Botany, that turns over money for Australia, right? All the, all that stuff has to go out and it's products that need to sell. So that's a that's a sustainable business on its own. So they've got to get the freight out, and they've got to get it distributed. They can't just park it there and keep it there, right? So yeah. Yeah. And there was a long run battle. There's been that's still going that that Moorbank terminal where the local the, terminal. Don't say Moorbank. Where where in Moorbank is it? It's just on the other Moorbank. side of Moorbank Avenue. Okay. Where the where the army base? Because they're building yeah. one at Port Enfield as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's and the residents just yeah, don't huge. get that. They're saying that's going to put more trucks on roads, but it's going to spread them out. It's it's, it's the, 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 the containers still had to get from Botany out to southwest Sydney to or yeah. western Sydney. Like they, so you've taken trucks off from here. The, the same, you know, you're probably going to get the roads are congested. And yeah. the same trucks, you're just using. Yeah, but you're pushing them further out of the city. You know, so um, I mean, the there was one. There was one uh, at the state election recently. There was one candidate. Uh, Got his name. I don't think he got much of the vote. He actually wanted. <laughs> well, his plan was. How I think you should run for mayor of whatever suburb you live. No, I really do. I think, think about this. No, you don't. Plan no, you don't. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Listen, dictatorships work, right? <laughs> right? Where you live done. is there oil up in the ground? Because we talked about that. Things get done. Things get done. A democratic dictatorship works. Ask China. Right. <laughs> 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 you don't need 25 consultants to con to talk to people if they're happy about a road going under their house. So they just do it. This guy wanted Henry Lawson Drive reclassified, so trucks can't travel on it. Right. And it, it should be a local road um, because that way the trucks can't use it. It was like, hang on. So how do trucks get from south of city like Port Botany to? Say Villawood, they're going to come down the motorway, yeah. and they're going to make a right turn onto Henry Lawson Drive, yeah. and then they're going to no, no, they they should be using the M7, and this this is this is this yeah. guy wants a seat in Parliament, and doesn't understand where he Villawood is as opposed to the M7 yeah. and Port Botany. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. <laughs> There's half you, you know, the, the, these are people that object to the freight terminals. Um, I was going to ask, red tape, how much of it is frustrating? How much of it is important? Oh. Australia's pretty, we're thorough when it comes to ticking boxes and getting a check by the next person, the next person. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of it's driven by just the political seat, you know. People want to want to be making um, uh, their name around, you know, developing infrastructure and making it better for, for people of Sydney. Um, is there, is there a real right or wrong answer? Um, I don't really know other than, you know, there, there needs to be a wider strategy. And you know what? Not everybody's going to be happy with it. And there's going to be some people that are going to be affected. Um, and this, you know, not in my backyard is, uh, is something we just need to start to think about how us as a city starts to operate um, and work together um, rather than saying, oh, you know, it once was 30 years ago a really peaceful suburb. Well, I think we've, we've moved from that. I mean, we've got, we've got developments that are happening around us. We've got population growth. And 
You know, we've we've reaped the benefits because our properties have gone up and um, that's right. and, and all forget of, that as well. All that's yeah. happened because of all of this. You know, if we if we'd stayed with the uh, environment that we were thirty years ago, we probably wouldn't have had the uh, the population growth, which has caused the property market to soar and then your equity yeah. to happen and your all of this stuff to go. So Chatswood, Chatswood's probably a really good example of that, where they've gone, we're going to allow all of this high rise, we're going to allow the train stations to come in, and Chatswood's just brought yeah. in it's, so many. They're going to do the same. They're talking about doing the same thing in Five Dock and really yeah. getting. It's a mini CBD there. But the, you need that. You know, you don't want to be. I mean, yeah, I think we really need people need to be able to get around. Question about from your the earlier yeah. chat about you know budget. Do you go? Oh, it's going to cost, I don't know how much, right? It's cost a billion dollars, for example. Mm. Do you get to halfway through and go, shit, sex is going to cost two billion? Um, so go back to the government right? and go, yeah. hey, um, look, I undershot it a bit. Like, it's not the guy cutting the tree down. He goes, oh, it's going to cost a thousand bucks to cut the tree down. Actually, Would you call it variations? Or? That's not No. Oh, what do you mean you built one lane no. each way? What? <laughs> oh, that was the next question yeah. off the back of that. Yeah. When they talk about lanes, you know, everyone complains about the M. What's the. One that goes to the let's, 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 let's simplify yeah. How much does it cost to build a kilometre of road? Oh, $6.50. So it, it really does depend on, on where it is. Yeah, okay. We're not really sitting at the beginning, it's all the stuff. Yeah, 10,000, 100,000, a million. Are we talking oh. like. Hold on, I think. Uh, yeah, how much is that? 600 and say, simplify 620, 650. How long was it? 14K? 14K, 600 million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. we'll take two things. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's a lot of money. Guys. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And then if you, you think about all the feeder roads, okay. on, 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 yeah, on ramps, yeah. 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 how much it's a bonus property. No, the reason I ask it is because you drive you drive down the M, the one the Eastern Distributor. It's not an M1. What's it called? It's a decent distributor. Is it the Eastern Distributor? The one that goes out to the M5. Yeah, that one. And everyone, every time you hear someone go, oh, the M5's clogged up, they should have built six lanes. Well, I go, wait a minute. I look at it and go, it probably would have cost a shitload of money to yeah. build those six lanes. Well, so, Is that so there's a few things, right? So the government has a local budget, right, that can allocate to infrastructure because you've got education, you've got a whole heap of other yeah. stuff, right? So you've only got a set amount of um, dollars that gets allocated. And then they say, okay, well, where are we going to focus this? And the M5, the M2 might be one of them, whatever it is. And so they, but they they need to consider. It's not only the construction costs for us, but it's around. They've, they've got to buy property. They've got to get. Uh, they've got to get councils on board. They've got to get, as well, it's right? all of that stuff, right? And so then, then what they do is they package it all up and they take it out to market. This is how this is how difficult our job is. And they give you, I don't know, um, on something like uh, Albion Park. I think they gave us three or four months to put in a, a submission. Now usually that submission has a paper submission. This is our capability, like our company CV. These are the people that are going to run it, and this is our price to do it. So you engage a whole heap of designers to come on board and you pay them to come and do a concept for you and then you do the constructability and then you work out how you're going to build it and you put a program together. And the government usually basically tells you at that time this is the latest date that you have to have this finished by so it gives you so everybody's got the same, the same conditions to price on. And then you just propose a solution. So our solution would be different to our competitor's solution and it will be a different offering. Right to 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 uh, you know the New South Wales government, and then they have to sit down and assess it. But 
you have a limited amount of time to put together a price for a job that could go for five or six years or even 30 years. Some of these PPPs that come through, you've got a price to design, build and then operate for 30 years. So, you know, and so, so with that short period of time, all you can do is put a price on what it is and then a risk and opportunity on where you think your rates are going to sit. And then you throw that in. Price of fuel, price of this. Price of fuel. Interest rates. Price, whatever. price yeah. of labour, right? In, uh, in New Zealand, where we were working on this job, it was a 30-year job that had to do um, your design, build and, um, and maintain. So we had labourers that were working in year one were costing us X. But labourers working in year 15 were working very differently, right? So how do you price the rate of that? And then how do you price the rate of fuel and all of that stuff that comes in? So you've literally got people in finance that are just doing all these all these numbers for you. And then the one in New Zealand was uh, was a mega job, right? That was, um, that was a, a, a 30 kilometre freeway um, with multinational companies that were coming in. So do you use Australian labour rates or do you use international labour rates? Where are you going to get all your get all your gear, get gear from? Are you going to buy it or are you going to borrow it? You know, so we found um, some of the gas plants like rewarded to American companies. <coughs> Australia thought good jobs for us and created jobs, but then some of these these oil companies just bought boatloads of tools people. and equipment, no. tools and equipment because from, it was. Like, I've never cheap. used hand tools mm. in Mexico before, yeah. and I'm not joking. It's yeah. like you're using hand. Mexico. Really? Yeah. 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 That job, for example, we were burning 260,000 litres of diesel a week to build gas. It's like we're trying to use up all the diesel, so we had to use gas. Do, do you lose a lot of, um, uh, I suppose, yeah, what you call, you know, when you, you know, as businesses, you know, develop and grow over 50 and 100 years or construction does, because these jobs are 30 and well, 30 odd years, do you lose a lot of that? Um, uh, I suppose knowledge. Does the next person come in that's just you know sort of 25 years old and goes, hey, I can build a road, or or do you lose a lot, or it, it's quite good in the way it's all handed back down because everything's based on experience, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we screwed up on that bridge. Next time we'll do it better. Well, we don't get on that next time because oh, I'm 120. I can't do it. You know? Yeah. Look, I mean, bridges are a bit uh, a bit more stable in that you know as long as you get your foundations right because right. all your foundations are going to be different. Everything else will pretty much stay, you know, pretty much the same. Yeah. So if you're building over water, it's going to be a set rate per square metre at first band and stuff. But um, you know, with bridges, it comes down to: um, do I have a local concrete plant that's going to supply, or do I have to create my own concrete from materials on site? Do I have to make it here? Because some of those bridges are um, way out in the middle of nowhere, and you have to physically just create everything and, and create your own concrete and, uh, and do your own uh, mix and stuff. Um, and then most of those, some of those bridges, it's easier to precast some of your stuff, some of your beams, and, and uh, uh, out out somewhere else. We had um, when we were working at uh, Pescula, we were manufacturing our beams from Newcastle. So then you have to work out how you get this forty meter long beam from Newcastle to Sydney. So that that takes. Do you do that by had, road or rail? With this road, we had seven hundred and fifty of them that had to come in a period of six months. So you know these guys were delivering. They had to navigate day. a route. So you have to go. You have to drive a route, and uh, and these. Uh, so you got to look at all the radius and stuff. Because how do you come around a bend and yeah. around a roundabout? They usually um, they they get transported on a jigger. Think of a jigger. So they've got this truck on the front, and then it's got this motorised unit on the back. And, and so and basically when they come through a tight bend, 
they uh, they close the road down and they've got a guy on the back that steers the back of the the back it's of the like team. Four wheel steering, like the Honda yeah. 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 back yeah. in the days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Separate. It's the same thing. And then you've got all the restrictions that uh, you've got to be off the road by five a.m. in the morning, so you can only get to a certain yeah, point and then you got to park up. And then you've got to come back again. So yeah, you've got to work so out. There are restrictions as to when you can bring yeah. those. Wow. So there's load restrictions and time restrictions, and yeah, you can't you can't just grab. Uh, you know the load restrictions. Load. They talk about load restrictions on roads. There was an article in the paper about Warwick Creek and cranes being moved through residential streets and whatever. And they go, oh, this this road can only take a certain amount of weight. Is that because of the residents, not to disturb the residents, or is physically this road cannot take it's this road? It's, and, it's, and it comes down to the value for money, right? So you're not going to design um, the street that you're, well, maybe we will design yours because you won't. <laughs> um, you won't design a residential street to take a full semi um, because you won't need to. But what happens if the semi has to go down that, like on the odd occasion? Like that's a okay. One off, yeah, it's okay. One off, it's it continuous. Yeah, continuous. Yeah, it's just yeah. The, the numerous stuff that comes through that usually tends to fail. And sometimes we, we, we worked on some big infrastructure jobs where you've got to have those haulage routes. You do upgrade the road. Okay. All right, so you do. You do. Yeah, that's always been that question. Is, yeah. it, is it because of failure or is it because of well, the resident up. having a complaint? It will do yeah. DLAP reports on before we run those routes and then yeah. obviously that's monitored. It, in Europe, you see, I mean, we always talk about the overs and the unders. Like, you go to Paris and you don't stop at a traffic light because the guy on the right hand goes under and you go, oh, like, they go, we do that here. Like, why would yeah. you know Parramatta Road where Bunnings is, where Ash in Ashville? Build overpasses. Why the hell wouldn't you just do an overpass and underpass and then have no traffic there at all? Done. Yeah. Or is it expensive? Cox got overpasses. It's expensive. You got to you got to also play. You got to also think about Sydney real estate too, right? So to get that overpassing, you're going to have to acquire some some land as well. Turning left and right. Turning left and right. You've got to come up and over. So it's not so just you, about the over. You've got to have curvature and then you've got to buy the, you've probably got to buy the Bunnings site. Well, you've got to factor that into the price of that infrastructure and then it starts to become not feasible. Yeah. Do, you know? do engineers have to be car guys? Do you have to like have an idea of how a bloody car goes on a road? Not really. Or you just got your parameters? Not really. It's just parameters, and that's what you just need to build to. That's interesting. Yeah, I've learned a lot this morning. I've learned. I mean, yeah, we take it for granted. Getting your car, you start it, just drive on a road that was already there, with the amount of work and. See, how thought he was coming to talk about potholes with us. Don't worry, mate. You'll be the mayor. You'll be the mayor. We'll bring the council one day. You'll be the mayor. I'm going to vote for you. I'll be the guy with the placard. I'll be there. How for me? And then I want these guys to build a road to to. To idiot-proof every road in Southwest Sydney. <laughs> but what we've learned is it takes time. It takes time. So the next, is if you want to idiot-proof the roads, it's going to take 60 years. You'll be right. Yeah. And got to get rid of the idiot government. Yeah. Have to bring the kids. And yeah. I'm going to bring By the then, kids. in 60 years' time, the high-speed rail company in uh, oh, the circular kit they made. Japan high-speed rail. They may be up and running. They moved to Southwest Sydney by then. Yeah. Because they built themselves a railroad. Well, guys, well, thanks for coming in. No worries. That was that was pretty interesting. So. I really enjoyed that. We had the week off. Anyone go anywhere? No. No? I went to Adelaide. How was that? A lot of nothing in the middle of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you road tripped it? Yeah, I road tripped it. So I got to, I got to Canberra and what I realised is uh, I've always wanted to drive to Adelaide just to see what's going on. I, I do Sydney, Melbourne a lot. And uh, you get to Tarkata and then you drive, you cut in inland and there's about um, there's a strip of about six hours of just nothing. Straight road, one lane each way, oh. and just 
horizon and nothing. No trees. What you drive? No nothing. What you drive? They're the easy jobs that we're asking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was double demerits, right? And I was thinking, I'm in the middle of bloody nowhere. There's no way that a copper's going to come two hours to book me going 120. <laughs> so right? you built it. I didn't no, not, not the, officially he but did there was, not. There was one stage <laughs> where I was, I was looking at the horizon in front of me and there was no cars. Yeah. I was looking at the rear view mirror and there was a horizon in the back with no cars. And I was there during the day, so I was thought I was I was warned not to go there t at dusk to dawn because otherwise you just would have had these kangaroos that come. Oh, I was going to say vampires. But <laughs> 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 yeah, South Australia. Australia. And then there was this roadhouse that I went into. Patrick Swayze was there. He wasn't talking about Patrick Swayze. He's talking about someone else. Oh, the other way. Yeah, the other way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what'd you drive? What'd you go across? Oh, um, my, my Prado. Prado? Yeah. Bounced along? Yeah, bounced along with the missus. It was, uh, it was actually just really nice. It was really nice landscape. There's just yeah. a lot of nothing. Yeah, we've never done that. We live in a really, really just flat country. With nothing uh, in the middle. With just nothing in the middle. There was no fences, there's no lights, there's no nothing. It's really just, nothing. A, just a road and that's it. The guy's building that road. Boring, eh? Well, I, was, well, I was actually going back to I was going to ask you a question. I mean, a lot of these projects are in the middle of nowhere. Do you live there? Camp. You do. You camp it. Camp it? Yeah, you pretty oh, much. I say camp. Well, like caravans. Dongers, they call them. Dongers. What are they Dongers. Dongers. Yeah. Didn't think no, Ross. No. <laughs> no. I'm Ross, you don't go not, camping I'm in my not, donger. I'm not going donging with you. I've <laughs> <laughs> like a 10,000 year camp in like wow. Western Australia and some of the mining stuff. Yeah. But it's not unnormal. It's not. It's not uncommon to to have a whole uh, community of uh, us just uh, going to the local town and driving an hour to work and driving yeah. an hour back. You know, just to go yeah. for a drink or a coffee. And all of our all of our offices and stuff just get set up um, remotely. So, you know, we take up this bit of land and we just bring in all these sheds well, and, and we create an office. And you know, 150 people live there for three or four years, and we build all this stuff, and then we just move out. So you got to get power to it, you got to get internet to it. Oh wow! You know, it's and it's a temporary office that just uh, lives for five years, and then you just dismantle it all and move to the next project. You freeze in, and you move on. That's yeah. That's We're like gypsies. Well spoken ones. Yeah. Well spoken ones. Yeah. Smart ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smart gypsies. They tell you fortune. This road will be nice and straight. <laughs> this will be 110 kilometers an hour. Well there you go. We're gonna call it a wrap. Wrap it up. Wrap right, it thanks up. For us, thanks for coming on. Great. Great. Wait. So you remember about a month you can't ago? Can't the episode unless Alan. Yeah, remember yeah. about a month ago? Uh, yeah. Holden Roadside picked up my car, took it to the dealership, and scraped the front bar. Which Holden picked up your Triton. Oh, <laughs> no, we never no, bought no, the Triton. No, 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 Sorry, we yeah, picked up the HSV, yeah. and then the dealership rang me a couple of hours after it was picked up and said the tow is scraped your front bar, taking it off the tow truck. Have you got the car I, back? No, I got the car back the, the next day. Right? Just so, green hold. Yeah, so yeah. this has been going on for a month. The dealership saying they saw the towie scrape the front bar. Yeah. The towie saying, mate, I didn't, it wasn't me, I didn't do it, right? The big gouge under the, the front bar. So it's taken a month for Holden to reply back to me and pretty much say, well, the towie saying he didn't do it and the dealership saying they saw the towie do it. 
So you sort it out with it. Your problem, it's a retail dispute. Now you sort it out with the dealership. Just put an insurance claim in and say that the dealership did it. Make it an insurance company to chase the dealership. Get in your pocket. That's what I'd do. So, they, and they put it in writing that they're pretty much saying, yeah, 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 the dealership saw it get damaged, but the Tommy's saying he didn't do it. Put it, put it through insurance. So uh, that's, uh, like, they pretty much just said, no, nah, look, this is too if hard. If you give the insurance company actually the email, it might be a good, good way to go. Well, that's that's what's going to happen on Monday. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way to go. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah insurance. Do you guys make many claims? Has <laughs> 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 there been any fuck ups? Really, like shit. We're closing the episode. Yeah, we're yeah, no, the, the fuck ups now. It's the bloopers, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We usually look. You usually, heard of another company? <laughs> yeah. There was one recent. Give it tunnel the wrong way. Yeah. Well, no. We're not supposed to be going that way. Yeah. It's not. Not necessarily. Well, that sort of stuff we don't. Um, we have to just repair at our cost, but. There's, uh, when flooding events and stuff happen through our sites, and especially when you're in the middle of building something and you you haven't got all your drainage and stuff sorted yeah. and then it dumps down with rain, you can flood your site, you can have um, cars floating. And I've had... I've had start stuff. again. Yeah, well, it's, it takes takes a week to repair. You've got Shit. a lot of stuff that's sitting around doing nothing and it's it's a lot of money. Do you guys look at the weather? Like, like one, yeah. seven, 14 day forecast, say, okay, this is our window yeah, of off. Okay, so we're more, more, what's the best app for weather then? Because you guys be on the money. Yeah. best app is called iPhone. Y. No, it's a Y yeah. app in Norwegians and it is so accurate. Oh, this down here. Right? I knew it. Right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm onto it. I'm I always ask the professionals what they Wednesday use. Wednesday nights at Eastern Creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are for some reason? They are There's a plug for YR. Yeah, we don't own any shares in that company. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> no got their yeah, spike by four. But we do get um, we do get we do get insurance claims that come. Um, you know, there's there's always vehicles that are driving through our construction site and say, oh, you know, a stone has oh, come yeah, up you and cracked my windscreen. Yeah. Well, that's Hal. He does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a golf ball, a golf ball hit my car. <laughs> that was that last week. Yeah, you know, you or someone else parked at a golf driver. <laughs> golf ball hit the windscreen. Is that you? you don't park any golf courses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do have to take out. Um, we do have to take out insurances to ensure that we yeah, have covers yeah. um, for design and, uh, and and construction. And I'm assuming once the job's finished, you're, is, is there a limitation period? Is it five years? How long do you I guys? Think seven. Seven years, and then after years. that, it's yeah. the oper- owner and operator. Owner and operator, yeah. That's Great. right. Yeah. All right. There well, you go. Thanks, wrap it up. And everyone who's listening, the background noise, we're taping a collector today, so a bit of a problem. Great place. Come down. Come down. So. Um, so the cars move in and out. Uh, we're here on a Sunday, and there's uh, people come down and bring their uh, wares down and show them off and have coffee. So, thank you to Collector for using their premises again, guys. Thank you for coming in. Uh, it was like I said, it was, it was great. It was in- interesting and, and mind blowing. I didn't ex- think that much effort went in, but it was just amazing. So, thank you very much. Um, any plugs? You guys want to plug anything? No. Do we no, follow really? you on Instagram and see the, the nothingness? <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and uh, email us uh, any questions at alltalk at outlook.com.au. Download us on iTunes, Spotify, Shout Engine, Castbox. Rate us and review us. And um, we'll talk to someone else next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. Bye.